0: back to another episode of the Root of the Matter podcast. I'm your host Malachi Walden and I have something special for you guys today. To close out Black History Month, why are you smiling already? (laughs) (laughs) To close out Black History Month, I wanted to do something very special uh, talking about the importance Of HBCUs, as many of you know, I am an HBCU student. Um, I attend the Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, and I really wanted to kind of delve into uh, why is HBCUs important. And I have some friends along with me, so we're going to kick off this show with the one and only Miss Bethany Griffin. Um, And before I let her come on and introduce who she is, she was like an amazing help to me. She does papers and stuff like that, and man, she saved me a lot of times. I'm not going to speak on you know what. class or whatever because i don't want to get in trouble yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she definitely lit <looked> out for <laughs> me and i'm so grateful for her so without further ado the root of the matter podcast welcome bethany what's up
1: hi okay um my name is bethany griffin i am a political science major graduating senior from Montgomery, alabama and i attend yellow street of college
0: that's right that's right and also you're a preacher's kid too right
1: I am a teacher.
0: Okay, same here. We also share that commonality, and not, she she's a great person. So, without further ado, let's get ahead and get straight into um, the questions here for the HBCU episode. So, first things first, Bethany, why did you choose an HBCU specifically? Your HBCU, and what do you think the importance of an HBCU is to a black person?
1: Um, I chose. Spelman, because I've gone to predominantly black schools, like, all of my life. So it wasn't like, oh, I just want to be around black people, It'd be educated type thing. It was more of a, I wanted to narrow it down because it was like, okay, I want I've been around black people all my life, but it was like, I want to be around black women in a sense. And I visited Spelman my junior high school. And it was like, I was on like, campus school, it was like during the class days, so I saw students. And I was like, it just felt right. I was like, I have to be here. Then I started, like, researching the history, researching what Spelman stood for, and Spelman has one of the top political science um, programs in Georgia, But that also made me want to choose Spelman. Um, But I like—I think the most important part about Spelman that I didn't realize until like maybe my sophomore junior year was the diversity at Spelman because like okay. we're really—we have it in our these preconceived notions that all black people are the same, or we all have these these common qualities oh, but like right. when you get to me you realize just how different black women can be mm-hmm. and just how diverse the campus is just outside the scope of oh we're black and we're women so I think that's very important to black people to understand we're all different in some way and we should absolutely that.
0: absolutely I definitely agree with you and a lot of times like you said there is a, a, a preconceived notion like oh black people you know what I'm saying or it's no diversity within HBCUs and really when you get on these campuses you will see that it, the diversity is so large and it's like wow you would right. think that it's not a whole bunch of Bethany's right it's not a whole bunch of Malachi's it's so many different people from all walks of life and that's what makes you know an HBCU an HBCU right so right. thank that next question um how has your HBCU experience impacted your life now presently and how do you think it'll impact your life in the future
1: um, serious, phones are all women's college, prior to coming to all of my best friends are guys, like back home, mm-hmm. my closest friend is a, a guy, so coming to filming, my family was like, are you sure you gonna do that, like, you want to go to a home grad school, and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think it was, this experience has impacted me, and like, I have sisters, but it showed me sisterhood in a greater sense, because it was like, any, like, having a sisterhood like Spelman is, it's bigger than oh, I have blood sisters because it's like okay, I might I might not know you because there's a lot of girls I personally don't know, but they like can't to me with this. I'm like yeah, girl. Like I'm really it enforced me to realize how giving I am in a sense, but also me that I need that reciprocated and that I need to be in, a, in an environment that's going to do that. And first of all, for presently, that's how that's impacted my experience or like my experience has impacted my life. Like it's it just made me I guess it just made me a better person and maybe want to be around like minded individuals. Mm-hmm. And for the future, it's like made me want to do what alum have done for me because there's a lot of alum who haven't met me but my circle of alum is amazing and a lot of them i haven't even met like face to face isn't like like twitter or like just little organizations we have on campus absolutely so in the future i hope my experience allows me to give back the same way stuff was given to me like I want to be in a position in the future where I can look back at all um, the students and be like this is how you do this if you need anything let me know if you need money like I've had like a to give me money just be like, here you yes, go you. So I want to be in that position where I can be as socially as possible regardless of my age my status or whether I feel like someone or not
0: yeah and I mean and just pay it forward like because that's really yeah. uh, and I think that's the importance of HBCUs also because a lot of times you don't see alum interaction like i think hbcus have an, an enormous alum uh reaction in, like you know relationship with the current students right and you don't right. see that in you know pwis and other colleges because hbcus they pay it for it's all about giving back and coming back to you know enhance the next generation and i think that that is so so incredible so to veer yeah. off i'm gonna ask you one one question i know this is not on the list but how has Going you you mentioned going to an all-woman school. How has going to an all-woman school opened your eyes to things like a uh, feminist movement? Um, mm-hmm. things kind of like, you know, not anti-men, but like more of a feminist movement, and how has that empowered you in terms of women empowerment?
1: Um, interestingly, like my dad is like he didn't go to HBCU. He's like real conservative in his sense, but he's an alpha, like he's like real pro men. Oh. So he's like, that's me. So when I go home, it's like, that's me, you hate men. And I don't. It's just going to stall It has opened my eyes to a lot of, like, oppressive systems that are, like, that were created by men that continue to, like, hurt black women, in a sense. Right. So I'm not, like, anti-men, but I'm very well aware of the harm that can be inflicted onto women because right. of them. And because of that, I have made it my, it's my personal choice to put myself in a position to continuously advocate for women continuously voice my own opinion and remain outspoken regarding that because it's a lot of people who are suffering because of it so somebody needs to speak up and i've just placed myself in a position and to you that do
0: just that i mean really it, it, if somebody really didn't know you they would think oh man this girl hates men it's just like oh my gosh i remember when i um i think i came across your twitter or something like that and i was just like "Ooh." Before, you know, before I got to know you, but like you said, it's it's about speaking out and it's about advocating and being a voice for those that do not have that, you know, ability or capability to speak out. Right. And you are in such a, a very peculiar position. And one of the things that I really admire about you is you have a platform and it's like the things that you say, man. It, it reaches and like women be on like if you tell somebody never mind I ain't gonna get into that but you are very very impactful in what you do and what you bring to the table as it relates to uh, women empowerment and I just wanted to share that with you uh, next question okay. what do you wish to do with your degree I know you kind of mentioned and you kind of spoke to uh, the giving back but what do you want to do with your degree
1: um, I actually want to be a civil rights attorney. Like I'm preparing to go to law school right now. they take like, taking LSAT, applying to schools, but I really want to go into civil rights with a heavy focus on women's rights. But overall, just like civil rights in general, mm-hmm. because I was raised in Montgomery for the civil rights movement. I hold very, very near to my heart, and I want to be a part of that. I keep telling people I want to be the next Sergeant Marshall, like the donors, But so I really, with my degree, I'm still a science major. So with my degree, I plan to become a lawyer.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you mentioned uh, civil rights um, attorney and really getting into the cause and fighting for the cause. So how do you plan to really enact change in that position in the civil rights attorney position?
1: Um, I know like as far as like black lawyers go, black lawyers make up less than like two percent of lawyers in America. So for me personally, I think, like I said before, I think my biggest position, I want to be in a position where I can like not only like help those and advocate for those who need it, but also, for those who are interested in being where I want to be, and when I get there, ensuring that I'm pulling them up. Because I don't believe in being like, oh, you're down. Or like, you're behind me. Like, I want, to, if you're behind me, I want to push you on the side of me. I want to above me. Cool. Cool. So, in that position, of course, I want to help people. I do want to, like, I want to focus on women's rights. Especially black women. But I know within law, that's really tricky. Like, mm-hmm. trying to be a black woman's lawyer. That's very tricky. So, I want to just make sure I'm in a position. So, when those who actually do need help, whether right. it be like maybe a criminal civil type thing or just oh discrimination type thing. I want to be in a position where I can help them to the best of my ability while also serving as a role model to those who might have a similar story to mine or who just might want to be the worst attorney. That way they can see, okay, she did it. This is how she did it. Let me ask her a few questions and make sure I'm paving a way for people to come behind me and not just creating a space for myself.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And that's so powerful. And I wish you all the best on that. Good luck on the LSAT and your um, application to college process. So the last question is, and I'm gonna let you go. What can you say to high school seniors that are in the college choosing process and have HBCUs on their list? What can you say to those students?
1: Personally, I believe that all Black high school students should go for at least one HBCU, whether it be undergrad or graduate. Because a, for me, I believe it should be undergraduate because that'll set the foundation and give you the confidence yeah. you need to step into spaces that are not meant for you. So if you have an HBCU on your list, I would say research it, especially research them and look for the ones that have great programs in the major or like whatever focus you want. Make sure they have good programs, of course. But also try to visit them just to make sure that you're going to be Acclimated properly, like you're going to go on campus and be like, well, "I'm not just here because I want to be around black people, but you're here because you it pulls you." So and pulled like so was like, "You got to go here." So I think everybody should go to HBCU because it gives you what you need to survive in a, oh, yeah. a country it that's absolutely. not meant for you.
0: Absolutely, it equips you literally with the tools right. to step into this white man's world, this white man's America. And I would say to any high school student that is in the college choosing process. If you have an HBCU on your list, move it to number one. I right. like ot- automatically move to number one. I would honestly say move to number one and really try to put all your eggs in the basket for that particular college. And I know that finances is, is, is a big um, hinder and blocker to a lot of students that cannot really get to HBCU campuses. But if you have the opportunity to, I would admonish you all, please go to an HBCU because it will definitely impact your life in more ways than one. And as you can see, you can be very um, huge advocates and huge leaders just like Bethany. You know, I don't know if you're going to hate men like Bethany, but you can be an activist just like her. But anyways, thank you so much. Do you have anything you would like to say to um, the audience here?
1: No, I think I said everything.
0: Good, 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 good. Thank you so much, Beth, for coming through and tolerating that to Groove the Matter podcast. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. All right. I have with me another guest, um, HBCU student, um, one of my faves, man, Ashley Oaks from Augusta, Georgia. And she's gonna come on and she's gonna tell us who she she is and where she's from and all that good stuff. So without further ado, the root of the matter, welcome Ashley Oaks, what's up?
2: Hi, I'm Ashley Oaks. I am a graduating senior at Howard University. I'm a mathematics and economics double major from Augusta, Georgia. So yeah, that's me.
0: Good, 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 good. Welcome to the root of the matter. Thank you for coming on. A uh, crazy, crazy story about Ashley and I. Before the pandemic hit, I had asked her. Well, I had to chase her <laughs> down, but I asked her. I was like, "Hey, man, send me a, um, send me a Howard sweatshirt or Howard something." And um, she did or whatever after the twentieth time. And when she sent it, as it was getting to my college, that's when school shut down. This was like March, right? And so I, I never got a chance to get it. So I had to tracked down the package and like it was just a whole big mess and i actually just got the sweater maybe like two months ago and you know it was that was just a, a mess it was really a mess but anyways thank you welcome uh to the root of the matter podcast let's get right ahead into the question so ashley why did you choose an hbcu uh, specifically your hbcu um i don't know if it's the real hu or however whatever y'all do and what do you think the importance of an hbcu is to a black person
2: um, so honestly, I really going into the college t- decision process, I really didn't even intend on choosing HBCU, but um I know, right? <laughs> but somebody suggested to me that I apply to Howard. I ended up applying and I got the opportunity to interview for my scholarship program. And when I went to Howard, it was just like love at first sight. I had some family and friends of the family, you know, like show me around that get go to Howard um and i was just like yeah this is where i want to
0: be at <laughs> it's so, always good to have somebody that you know at a, at a college yeah. that's good that's yeah. good so Definitely. and what do you think the importance of an hbcu is to a black person you can speak from your personal experience or just general
2: okay i think that at least for me personally especially like coming from the south it was very empowering just to like be in a community of people that are all just like very motivated or after things to be taught by people that look like you driving teslas to work um because they own their own companies and teach and I just feel like it's very empowering just to be surrounded by a community of black people that is so diverse and different and driven and it's inspiring and it just shows like, wow, I could, I could do this, I could be this person because you get to see it every day. And so I think that's really the main reason, yeah.
0: And absolutely, absolutely. And so Howard, you know, um, a lot of people, we, we get a lot of flack in our schools because, like, you know, Morehouse, Howard, Spelman, like we, I don't know why, but it's just a lot of hate. No haters. Yes. And of, of course, of course, of course. He but does. anyway, um, second question, how has your HBCU experience impacted your life presently now? And how do you think it will impact your life in the future?
2: Um my HBCU experience I feel like it changed my viewpoints on a lot of things I learned and was exposed to so much more black history black culture just I feel like pre-HBCU Ashley and post-HBCU Ashley are completely different people and I mean especially academically Howard has very well prepared me for my next step so I was fortunate to be in an extremely good program the car scholars and they just really prepared me and groomed me for um yeah my next steps which is going to be grad school so yeah
0: definitely 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 which is going to lead us to our next question what do you wish to do with your degree you already kind of mentioned what you want to do but let's go in depth what do you want to do with your degree
2: Uh, That's a good question. Um, Like I said, my next um, step is graduate school. I've been in the process of applying to PhD programs, and I've gotten a couple of acceptances. So now I'm trying to decide where I'm going to go. after. So um, for grad school, I'm deciding between like an industrial engineering major or between statistics and data science program. That sounds
0: hard. That sounds hard. More power to (laughs) you.
2: yeah so um that's the next step for me as far as a job i'm not really sure what i want to
0: do and and, and it's always that kind of the the thing about senior year man it's always that gray area like you know it's the next step and then it's like every time you talk to somebody oh so what what's next what are you getting ready to do, like bro leave me alone i like you you'll find out when i post it so it's and it's really this is a trying time for us seniors man because we're trying to you know track down and, and we're trying to really get a bearing on what we're going to be doing after uh, graduation because this time definitely comes quick you know the saying is um college days swiftly pass or something like that yeah. and they do like these four years man let me tell y'all these That's four great. years flew it was fun it was the time of my life but it flew and now that reality is is really sitting in and like you say like you, you just I mean it's okay to not know but, you know, you have to kind of glean and kind of get where you want to go with it. But, you know, I'm excited for your journey, more power to you. And, I, you know, good luck on whatever you decide to do. I know it's going to be good anyways. So my last question, and I'm going to let you go, Ash, what can you say to high school seniors that are in college choosing um, in, in the college choosing process and have HBCUs on their list?
2: Um, I can say, well, number one, if they don't have HBCUs on their list like me, definitely consider an HBCU. There is so much, so much value um, that comes from going to an HBCU that just can't be ranked in a college ranking system. And I think that that's what gets a lot of people. But there is value in this culture and this history and this environment. And this is a time like... This four years of my life, there's never gonna be a time that I'm gonna be in a community like this. Like absolutely. and I just it's it's powerful and it's definitely thoroughly prepared me to go out into as people say the real world, right? Mm-hmm. So I just would say don't count HPCs out. There's value That's absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And,
0: and and it's and it's very I it's, I find it interesting that you didn't have any HBCUs on your list, but you actually ended up at an HBCU. I How know. did that happen?
2: I I literally I had got a um well I had a really good relationship with my counselor senior year and I was always in her office and she's actually from the Washington DC area and I had this one school in my head that I was gonna go to. I was like, Look, it don't really matter where else I apply to. Yeah, 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 And she was like, Well, you know what, actually you seem like a Howard girl, apply to Howard. (laughs) And I was like, Okay, I'll apply and then I applied, I got in, I I got offered to um apply to a scholarship program Mm -hmm. and then yeah, I went there and I visited and I was like, oh yeah, like... <laughs> It was definitely God that. that orchestrated
0: that for sure. oh, oh, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You do strike me as a Howard girl, too. So she was <laughs> spot on on that. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, she, she goes to Howard. But I mean, and that's, that's, that's really incredible. And you mentioned this, but I want to go back to it. You said um, it really prepares you for the real world. And you also said that you're not going to find another time where you're going to be in those spaces. And that's so powerful because you have the rest of your life to spend as a minority. And I'm, I'm saying this to whoever: if you're thinking about going to an HBCU, definitely go, because you're already a minority. But if you have the opportunity to spend time amongst your own people, amongst your peers, people that look like you, please do it. Please do it, and take advantage of that opportunity. Because when you're outside of those gates of your, you know, college campus. You're a minority and the odds are stacked up against you. So this is a time to really kind of get in and kind of really show, um, you know, what you can do and really iron sharpens iron. Get around those people that look like you so you can be better for it. Yeah, I mean, so that closed that up. And do you have anything you want to say to us, Ashley? No, thank you so much
2: for having me. Thank
0: you. Thank you. I I thought that you weren't (laughs) going to do it because, you know, it takes me a lot. It takes a lot to get in touch with you. And it's just. (laughs) I know it does not. (laughs) But thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and hollering at the root of the matter. All right. See you. Thank you. Another episode. This is our last segment. I have my brothers with me, man. My Morehouse brothers. Of course, I could not end this segment. I could not have an HBCU segment without having my brothers on. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, just brothers, introduce yourselves. Give us your Morehouse intros, and we're going to go right ahead into the questions.
3: Alrighty. So, I will introduce myself first. My name is Julian Serrano O'Neill. I'm a graduating senior, political science major. Uh, And I'm from Orlando,
4: Florida. Thank you. Um, uh, My name is Jelani Hips. I'm currently a political science major with a concentration in political theory, law
0: studies uh, from the Bronx, New York. Good, good, good. Welcome guys to the Ruth Matter, man. Thank you all for coming on. I mean, this was, this is a long time coming. These two guys are, and we have another one coming on, should be coming on soon. These two guys are so very important to me, um, in my matriculation, as they say, um, throughout Morehouse. And these are busy guys. I mean, I thought I wasn't going to get these guys on ever. Um, but, and both of them are doing great things in the community, man. I'm so proud of both of y'all. And I tip my hat off to y'all for real. Um, Let's just go ahead and start. As you all know, all uh, both of these young men do attend Morehouse as I. So this conversation will be a bit robust because we have a lot of things to share as it pertains to our HBCU experience. Um, So my first question to you all, brothers, is why did you choose an HBCU, specifically your HBCU Morehouse? And what do you think the importance of an HBCU is to a black person? Right. Uh, so I guess I will go first. Um, J- Jelani, you gonna keep letting him just just start? Yeah, and he, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I, let him go first. You know. I mean,
3: I paused. I mean, I paused, and I looked at Jelani. He didn't say anything. You, you know, know
0: it, it's okay. That's the bond. Right? <laughs> you know, he's the president now, so uh, <laughs> we got we gotta roll with the punches with him. But what's up? Uh, all right. So
3: uh, I chose uh, an HBCU because I felt like I would have not. Gotten the best experience At a PWI I don't think a PWI would have uh, Directly addressed Some of the most important things to me About my blackness Absolutely. In higher education um, And so because of that uh, I applied to so many different schools And couldn't have went to them But when I got that letter Of acceptance from Morehouse College I said yeah I gotta go there That That is it the is. true epicenter of black male excellence um, and I believe Morehouse is on the forefront of, of so many different initiatives involving the black community that it was only a natural fit for me um, so I chose Morehouse because of their place in society right now mm-hmm. um, and so I think that it's important to go to an HBCU as a black person because don't get me wrong the a lot of people go to PWIs, and I don't, you know, shun them for that. But I believe if you really, truly want that Black experience, right, of higher education, you have to go to an institution that's developed to address your needs
0: specifically. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I I definitely agree, Jelani. What you got to say about that?
4: Um, I, I agree. You know, for me personally, uh, the reason that I really chose to come to Morehouse and to come to an HBCU is because I want to go with go to school with people who look like me. Um, you know, when you go to a school for high school or even from K through 12 with predominantly white people, you need to see people who look like you when you get to that collegiate level and be around people who, who look like you and, and want to change the world like you and specifically Morehouse and, you know, going to a school where you have, you know, alumni like Spike Lee and and Raphael Warnock, who just became a U.S. senator and so many other people, you know, you want to continue that legacy.
0: The radical liberal Raphael Warnack. Yes, of
4: course, you know you wanna
0: <laughs> The left
3: radical
0: it's the left wing, you know, the, the, the man who's trying to, you know. He's oh, unhindering the nation. Yes. But anyway, um, yeah, thank you guys for so much for that insight. And like Morehouse has been so um, effective in our lives, right? Even for me, Morehouse was the only school that I applied to, literally the only college. I didn't apply to any other college. So that this had to work for me And because I've seen the importance of not only HBCU, but I've seen the importance of Morehouse um, to me, you know, as a young Black scholar, young Black uh, um, upcoming professional, someone who wants to make a change in the world. For a young black man, there's no other place to be than Morehouse College if you want to do something with your life that will really enact change. Not to say that other colleges, you know, are not, but for a young black male, this is the only place in the nation and in the world for people who look like us, who think like us, who act like us to come to get shaped and get molded to what it is that we know is this Morehouse man. Right. And that's that's incredible that you all feel the same way. Um, so this leads us to our next question. How has your HBCU experience impacted your life now, presently and in the future?
4: Um, yeah, so I would definitely say that presently, I mean, it's impacted me tremendously. I mean, just right now on this podcast, I mean, meeting brothers like you and creating relationships and lifelong friendships and bonds with people that, you know, will uh, be at my wedding or help me in the professional light or anything has definitely helped me. And then in the future, you know, being able to look back on my HBCU experience and the things that I learned and how to be in the workplace and it prepares you to be able to go into society and make these radical changes, you know, and be a person that could really go into society and, you know, be a Kamala Harris or be a Raphael Warner or be a MLK and really just you know
0: be a radical person of course, of course. <laughs> of course he put out oh brother, know, dr king <laughs>
3: you know i was with jelani and please say Kamala harris but let me let me i digress <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: i digress on that point you know i understand but, but, my, but you know
0: I, I i i had a young lady i had a young lady from howard that that came and she spoke but you know she didn't say anything about um kamal harris so rightfully yeah. so don't know anything about that. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> brother, do you come on tolerate at us, man?
3: Um, so, yeah, bro. So, I think that my HBCU experience, I wouldn't say that it... I, I would say that it, it enhanced me. It didn't make me. Some people are made by their college experience. <sighs> um, my college experience enhanced me. It cultivated what was already present. <sighs> so, for me... My HBCU experience was an expansion to the knowledge that I've gained from those around me and from my friends, family. Um, So my HBCU experience was unique because I wasn't wasn't there or coming there to find who I was, but to cultivate and enhance upon who I am. Um, So my experience has been second to none. Um, I know everybody has had great experiences at Morehouse, but I got to say, I think my experience definitely set me on a trajectory uh, that I think I was already meant to go on. But I feel like it definitely helped me learn about people more and how people move differently. So I think the experience fundamentally enhanced my uh, uh, personal aptitude in terms of how people behave um, and for me that uh, that that's gonna definitely impact my future um, I don't know as to how because there's still so much more to come and when we don the insignia of a morehouse man that that provides so much more so um, I know that it's impacted me positively. Um, I'm just ready to see what exactly
0: that is Yeah, yeah to, to grow into that uh, proverbial crown as hot Washington Dermott said. But you 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 touched on something, man, that I need to really go back to. You said that Morehouse enhanced you and it cultivated something that was already there. Right. That's powerful that's powerful because a lot of people come to these these spaces and we, we can we can go we can go with Morehouse a lot of people come to Morehouse and Morehouse becomes their identity oh yeah and you know
4: no I mean so
0: let's no, let's <laughs> and, 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 and so Morehouse becomes their identity Right. And it's like all they know is more. And it's just more house, more house. So when they get out of this four walls, when they get out of the gates, a lot of times you have brothers that are having a hard time adapting to real world. And 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 not only adapting to real world, a lot of times making their footprint in the real world because you've made your you built your identity around more house. And that what Julian said is so impactful, because what you do is you allow more house to go through you. You don't go through Morehouse. And people build their identities around Morehouse and all they know is Morehouse. And that's the only thing that they have to bring to the table. But you should already have something on the inside of you. Morehouse makes you better when it enhances you when there's all when there's already something on the inside of you. There's ha- there has to be something on the inside. You have to come to the table. Like it takes two to the tango. But a lot of people rely on their Morehouse, that name, oh I'm a Morehouse man, as an identity trait or something like that. But no. No. So, I mean, maybe you all can speak to that. Why do you think that that is?
3: I think that's because, Malachi, I think people lack personality. Oh, yeah. And originality. Of course. And authenticity. Yes. I think so many people are trying to become the next MLKs and the Julian Bonds and the this of the world and the that of the world. Yes. And they're leaning on the name. Morehouse College. Like I told you, I'm here, and I know, yes, the insignia of a Morehouse man does bear great responsibility, but that that doesn't define who I am. Absolutely. Many people are going in the direction they are because of Morehouse.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so I think a lot of them lack personality. They lack originality, and like you said, authenticity. I've seen quite a few people. Uh, some Even said they were going to leave and, um, um, you know, when things really got good because of the Morehouse, um, they stayed. So Mm -hmm. um, I've seen a bunch of people like that Um, and that just shows you that were you really committed to Morehouse or were you committed to what
0: Morehouse was going to bring to you? Ah, oh, boy, and that 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 opens up a can of worms, and I, I don't know if you all want to really go there tonight, but it, it you can go there tonight. I mean, you know, you can go there. I mean. I mean, and and but see that that's important, and that's because a lot of guys, um, and and I I made a tweet, I made a series of tweets, um, uh, uh, not too long ago, and they they blew up because I said that a lot of guys go to Morehouse for what Morehouse can offer you. You know the good the good paying job the vacation in the bahamas mm-hmm. you know the the the, um, sitting at the yeah. prime Vineyard. say what
3: i said sitting at the vineyard
0: yeah yeah sitting at the vineyards you know and and all of these the, the perks right but at the end of the day you're, you're not you're not radical you're not radical thinkers you're you're still cooning like you're you're, you're cooning you're tap dancing and you're not really making effectual change I mean if you if
4: you want to be honest I mean when uh Farrakhan came to morehouse in the 90s I mean he said that a lot of the people at morehouse were
0: sellouts I mean and I mean they hated him and didn't he get banned after that like didn't, yeah yeah he's not allowed yeah. yeah but when you tell the truth
4: <laughs> and sometimes the truth hurts it hurt. I mean if we're being honest we do have morehouse men who let's go there Herman Kane who come out of morehouse and who you know, wait,
3: my- wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry, Jelani. Are you using oh! McCain as like a
0: radical or something? I'm confused. No, I'm McCain that- as a tap out, a coon. a coon. Oh, 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 okay. That paid the ultimate price for tap dancing. <laughs> that paid the oh. ultimate price. <laughs>
3: I almost thought Jelani was calling him a radical, bro. No, he's using oh, to- no, 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 no. as no. an example
0: as someone who has cooned and tap danced and has sold out and has paid the ultimate price. And where is he now? Yeah. Oh, I mean dead. But I mean, you know,
3: <laughs> that's what happens to those who uh, uh, tap dance the hardest. Oh
0: yes, tap yes. dance the hardest, really. And 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 what and when you will find is that there is nothing out there for you, just like Jay Z said in his in his song light-skinned nigga, dark nigga, house nigga, field nigga, rich nigga, poor nigga. You're still... What? And and, and, yeah. and, people, and that's how and they look at you. And exactly. And so why not give back to your own community? Why not advocate for your own people, right? Why not do the things that you should do for your people, right? Because it is your people that is going to have your back. Even, think even, we- even, even with OJ. He said, I'm not black. He didn't even want to identify with black. But the black people were still holding him down. And, and we, we see, see that all people. the time.
4: We see people leave and abandon our community. Well, abandon our people and their people. Mm-hmm. But when they get in trouble, guess who they call? And guess who accepts them?
0: Every, whether it
4: be Kanye. Whether it be OJ. And we accept them right back. And know every, they're all they have. What's that
3: man's name? He's in Georgia. He, he, he was... So he was crowd surfing with some Trump socks on. Um, Van 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 something. I, it's on
4: the tip of my tongue, man. Not Van Jones, even though he's he's a coon too. But
3: that he'd be cooning to Joe Biden though. Um, let me see. Let me see. He'd be cooning to Joe Biden. He was like, <laughs> "This country is going to be so much better."
4: But you know, he, he done it for Donald Trump. You know, he was working with Kim Kardashian trying to re, you know release. You know, like
0: Vernon, Vernon Jones, Vernon Jones, Vernon Jones, Vernon Jones. And I'm having a ball out there.
3: He's out of Georgia crowd surfing and in, in super spreader COVID events uh, with and no mask on and Trump socks.
0: Just like uh, Herman King. He he um, contacted COVID. Through a Trump rally, and he was just out there just cooling it up, man. And he, like I said, he paid the ultimate price. And guess what? None of them
4: are gonna come to your funeral.
0: <laughs> so embarrassing. And 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 do you think that? And we've gotten so off track, but do you all think that <laughs> some people's view of success, black people's view of success, is adjacency to whiteness?
3: Of course. Of course. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. I believe there are a lot of black people out there that believe in order to be successful, you have to align with with white society's perspective. of Absolutely. Success. Absolutely. I believe some people believe they need to be knocking the boots um, in, in in the white folks around to be successful.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Rubbing, rubbing elbows with the man. Right.
4: And it's unfortunate because even at an HBCU, they, you know, people say, well, Why don't you go to PWI after graduating from an HBCU for grad school? Why don't you go to another HBCU, whether it be for law school or grad school or med school? Why don't you go to PWI? You'll be more accepted if you go to a PWI after going to an HBCU.
0: Exactly. And and, and the problem with that is that a lot of black people, they measure success, right, at validation and acceptance of white people and their institutions. So... Quote, unquote, you will be a more uh, uh, Competitive Yeah, yeah, candidate If you have this You know, uh, uh, some form of PWI On your resume
3: Well, well, think about this Morehouse has a partnership with like The Princeton's and Yale's Of the world and Harvard's of the world Definitely the Harvard's Send their students there uh, Post Morehouse And I think we need to be aiming at hbcu grad schools and i know there's not too many out there but shoot there are quite a few that have some
0: great programs absolutely howard law howard law is an amazing law school yeah yep. but but you would never know this because people are so busy running to the to the harbors and 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 the Princeton's and the yales right and and the 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 yukons and the gws and, I mean, there's nothing wrong, you know, there's really nothing wrong with that if, if that is where you decide to go, right? But the problem is you cannot let your view of success, your notion of success, turn into adjacency to whiteness. Mm. Define what success is to you. And do, do not ever forget the main call, and that is to come back. Pay it forward, man. Pay it forward and be a radical thinker in everything that you do.
3: And, and to that point, to that point, Malachi, that's exactly why I give scholarships to my high school. Mm-hmm. There are, I'm, I'm from Orange County, Florida. That's one mm-hmm. of the most diverse portions in Florida, uh, other than like Miami. Right. And the school I went to was predominantly black African-American, you know, whether it's Jamaican, Haitian, XYZ, XYZ but mm-hmm. I give back in scholarships because that was the community that made me who I was right i give my time and my money that's how you should do with your hbcu same if you can't thing give your time give your money if you can't give your money give your time you know and 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 i think that's why Morehouse struggles to, and and you know Morehouse is getting a lot of money right now, but I think that's why Morehouse and so many HBCUs are really struggling. You know, our alumni giving is so low. But and we I want to I wanna say,
4: Sam uh, you had one of the highest alumni giving. If I'm not, if I'm not wrong,
3: I think so. And you know what's crazy? These Morehouse alum. That go off to these PWIs, they're more inclined to give back to their PWI graduate schools than they are Morehouse, and that's a that's problem.
0: True. Exactly, because it is of the adjacency to whiteness that you find yourselves being validated in these spaces. But a lot of people, they love to to play the oh, I went to an HBCU card, right? And you know. And I, I know I'm probably gonna get some 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 flashback on, on this right here, but our dear Madam Vice President, it was only until it was beneficial for her, you know, and I am stepping into some deep water here, but it was only until it was beneficial for her to say that, oh Howard, oh I'm an AKA, oh I'm just that, and the third, oh da-da-da-da. But before that, you weren't even identifying as black.
3: Yeah, they called her the first like
0: Indian multi color South Asian. It, it was South, like yeah, was Pacific India. Islander or or something, and I was like,
4: and you know, if, and if you if you notice, you have the New York Times, and the you know Washington Post Journal, all of them are saying, you know, first South Asian, so on and so forth. But when you look at black newspapers his black,
0: right, right, and, and it's it's all about wording, right? Word wording, it's about wording. and and perception is reality, right? And so, in, in able to in order to garner that black vote, she had to do what needed to be done, which was play to oh, I'm black, I'm with you. She had to she had to pull on them Greek them Greek lines, but you know,
3: and people say I'm wrong about this, but I honestly think Joe Biden would have won. Without her, and the reason I say that is because people it. were so tired of Donald Trump. But not only that, you had people that were diehard Trump supporters that fell off of him because of how he handled COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. True, so I think he could have literally went with anybody and still yeah. would have won the election. Yeah. I,
0: I I I think his decision to uh, add a black woman to a ticket. Um, was to make him more um, seem more diverse, right. Oh, of course. Make him more pleasing, right, to to voters, especially especially coming people.
4: off the, this past summer.
0: I mean, right.
4: We so saw everything he, that happened. So he he it was,
3: was get back to Barack. That's what it was. He said, "Well, look, I was Barack's VP. I would be remiss if I didn't have a black person."
4: Yeah. And then he upped the ante, and then let's get a black woman, and let's you know. Something.
0: So I mean, of course, that was going to garner a lot of adrenaline. That was going to garner a lot of power, right? A lot of you know, strong to, You know, get the trains rolling to get behind this, right? Because they, we're on the brink of history. And to Julian's point, anybody but Donald. Mm-hmm. Of course, but I knew that. My question is because we're talking about HBCUs. How often
3: did you hear about uh, Kamala? Kamala? Uh, Kamala? I'm sorry. Kamala, how often did you hear her talk about her HBCU until
0: she started to run for president or or vice president? Little, little to none. I didn't even know that she went to Howard until it was mentioned in, in by her campaign.
4: Now, I, I will say this. As we got closer to 2020, going back to 2018, 2019, Howard commencement in 2019, I believe or 2018. Mm hmm. That's probably when I first started yeah. hearing that she went to Howard yeah, now, as I mean, we got closer to election.
0: Now when she was locking niggas up in, in California at <laughs> alarming rates, we didn't hear anything about that. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like, man. But I thought she was for the
3: people. You know, and and this is probably off topic, but I, I sent Jelani a long behind text message uh a while back with just all the things that just didn't sit right with me with Kamala because Kamala because you know I'ma just say Vice President Harris.
0: Vice President Harris, yeah.
3: Um because there were just a lot of things she did while she was uh in in California that
0: just didn't sit right. And and and, and it's messed up and, and it was so messed up and, and when you and and it's so scary that when you bring those things up. Right when you say, Well, she did XYZ while she was attorney general in California, you will literally probably get murdered by some black people. If you say, if you What, what, these are the facts, these are the facts. Like, oh, you just ain't, you just ain't again, you don't want no black woman to be, No, know, it'd be your own people. No, 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 and I'm I think holding we have- everyone accountable. Black, white, gray, blue, orange. I'm holding everyone accountable. Just because you black doesn't mean oh, what's up? What's up, sis? What's up, bro? Oh, you know, no, 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 no. Because we made that mistake with Barack Obama.
4: And so, and so that was my nice thing. So I think you know.
0: Okay, okay now. Okay, now. No, no, no. Okay. But every see, and, and 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 see, there's that partiality, Jelani, on on Julian's part. We want to sit up here and we want to talk about Vice President Harris, but no, 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 no. Let's talk about your boy.
3: Okay, but if we're gonna talk about Barack, if we look at uh, United States uh, Congress people that have proposed black legislation, Barack Obama is in the top five of individuals that have produced black legislation. Okay, black okay. policy agenda. But let's
4: but let's talk about policy that they did that they shouldn't have done because we could go back and talk about Barack Obama and the Iraq War. Exactly. And also. You can go why, to Charles Wrangell and the war on drugs. And why did he this is this is my big Ronald
3: Reagan. Why you didn't say Ronald Reagan, Jelani? Oh my gosh. We're, we're, about the war on drugs. We weren't alive.
0: We weren't alive. My biggest thing with him, my biggest right with him is why didn't he appoint a black Supreme Court justice? That's true. He had the opportunity because if we go back He had the opportunity. And that was his that could have been his defining moment in his presence, because everybody knows if you know anything about politics, you know, if you are a president, you need to appoint a Supreme Court justice that is aligned with your Mm methodologies, aligned with your thinking so that when you're out of office, your policies and your mind frames can still be in effect within the nation because it's on that Supreme Court. And so he
4: definitely missed the mark. You know, he had Paul Ryan at the time, whose sister-in-law is a black judge in D.C., so if you appoint her, you now have a Republican Congress that has to put her in. Um, well, I'm sorry, a, you know, you have this black Congress that has to put her in because guess what? Their majority
0: leader is her. Um, it's his brother-in-law. It's her sister-in-law and That's, brother-in-law. It's like, come on, man. He had an opportunity. He had an opportunity to really do something. Then, but and but,
3: and I okay, I get the point that Jelani's making here, but like just because she's black doesn't necessarily mean she w- would have been in alignment with what the agenda was
4: for that, and, and,
0: and that's why i'm saying getting someone who is black and is also in alignment because represent- the fact that a black woman wasn't even considered considered because representation does matter this is true
1: because
0: And, and, and I, I just feel like he missed the mark. I mean, of course, no no president is perfect. Every president has missed the mark on, you know what I'm saying? But I don't want us to, and I had this conversation with Professor Murray on uh, the last podcast. I don't want us to miss the mark in what we did back with Obama, thinking that he, this is this is going to be our moment, right? Oh, 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 Biden and Harris, though, they're going to save us, right? Because as we're seeing now, he ain't doing nothing that he said he was going to do. On the campaign trail He had He's like bro Name one thing That he has done That he said he was gonna do While he was campaigning Executive orders <laughs> I mean Okay like he's been to, Like the only thing And you know i seen something funny On Twitter The only thing he's been doing And they said That they've been Taking pictures They just in there Taking pictures for Instagram
4: Now I will say this he still has time, you know, the first hundred days. Oh, I
0: mean, oh, oh, of course. But I'm just saying and one, one of the things that he said he was going to do when he was elected is mandatory lockdown so we can get this COVID thing on, under wraps.
4: Yeah.
0: I don't think he said mandatory lockdown, but... Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He I said mean, as soon as he's elected, he's going to go on a lockdown. I don't so think... I don't, be under
3: wraps. I, don't, I don't know if that was what was said, but it would be very difficult to put the country on a lockdown, regardless, because a, a, a national a nationwide lockdown, I think, would just it would just uh, you got that. I I think that would have fueled that Donald Trump civil war that was going on.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'd, absolutely. I, I, I because people don't like to be under any type of authority or or, or under any type of rule
3: because yeah. because because think about this. He he. He did a federal mask mandate, which only applies to like transportation and and federal facilities. And then you still had them Trumpsters out there trying to wage war talking about you're trying to tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think um, there is a lot that he needs to do. Um, and I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But if the first year goes by and he hasn't tackled these things that he listed, um, um, then people really need to start putting the fire up under him.
0: Because, it, I mean- We can't like let him get had, comfortable. He had a beautiful um, outline, you know, on, on the campaign trail. Oh, he was just promising things. Oh, this is going to happen. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But now, okay, we got you in there. And, and, and that's also important too, holding these people that you have- Accountable. A- of course.
4: So i think mm-hmm. we realized that so going back to black politicians black politicians and what they do and holding them accountable let's let's talk about keisha lance bottoms and uh, and everything keisha she lance. Did, and, and everything that she's been doing since she's been in office in atlanta and
0: uh, keisha lance cooning
4: bottoms
3: it's, mm-hmm. man that woman don't coon her way to the to the uh dnc vice chair position
0: it's that very... was like a that was like a a a, a gimme. She really she did all of that cooning thinking she was going to get called up for a VP, and that and, didn't happen. And, and, and didn't and and you can tell she was salty because she never acknowledges Vice President Harris. She never acknowledges Stacey Abrams. But she I want to say
4: it's so well, sad She had that long even...
3: term beef with Stacey.
0: Yeah, and 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 I remember she did a um, a rally. She was doing a rally, and all she she gave. Credit and praise to Joe Biden. She didn't say nothing about President—I mean, Vice President here. She didn't say nothing about Stacey Abrams, who really swung the vote in Georgia. And it—it's it, like, what's the beef, sis?
4: But let's even go back further than that. Why is it that when, you know, you have Cory Booker, you have Kamala Harris, who mm-hmm. are both black, one of them being an HBCU grad, one of them being a member of the Divine Nine, you don't even acknowledge her, but you go straight to Joe Biden?
0: Yeah, like come on and this this is what it's about HBCUs like we're supposed to be on we're supposed to be on on a unified front especially when we are HBCU graduates in high places oh because she is a FAMU grad you're right that's what I'm saying like she's FAMU Stacey Abrams Spellman uh, Kamala Harris Howard right come on
4: you're a Delta, she's an AKA, you know, I know you guys have this unspoken beef, but let's even put that aside and just say
0: that, you know, both... They, that, could have been, uh, that could have been a dynamic trio. Come on. That could have been a dynamic trio. But you,
3: but you see, it was, you know, Bottoms has had, like, this long-term beef with Abrams. That's, like, if y'all remember when Barack came to Morehouse... To um, you know, push Stacey Abrams around, yeah. and all the other Democrats running in the twenty eighteen election. When 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 um, Abrams came out there, I heard through the grapevine that she didn't even really want to be there for Stacey. She was just there to be able to say she was there in the room with Barack. Oh, oh, of course and and you know it was it was really it was really there you could see it on her face she didn't really talk about stacy then and it was state and it was an event really for stacy but democrats across the state Mm
4: -hmm.
0: and she
3: still failed to acknowledge
0: uh abrams but but what do you think that what do you think the beef is like do you think she wants to be governor or wanting to run for governor I think she just wants the same kind of love that Stacy has. Yeah. I
4: think it's it's the why she's so popular and not me and but I was I, out God. here before her.
3: But before
0: she got in well, there and no, started, she barely beat that white lady Stacy Evans. Yeah, but before she got in there and started stinking things up, she was kinda she she was kinda okay in Atlanta. You know, they was making songs, oh Atlanta got a ma- uh Marin Keisha. you know what I'm saying? It's just like she just went in there and just started tap dancing. So that's she started, why she lost. She kept that
3: gentrification
0: going. Yeah, yeah. She went in there and started tap dancing. So that's why that you know that love that love got lost. and that's oh, night
3: she, she, she put on
0: Twitter too. Yeah, and then and then that, and also my when I first started noticing how she was really doing things to um, not help the community was when she stopped those black boys from selling that those water bottles on the water. Oh
3: yeah, that was crazy.
0: And, and and it's like, man, these these young black men—they're not—they're not in trouble. They're not running the streets. They're not, you know, being violent. They're not uh, in act. They're not involved in any gang activity or anything like that. They're on the side of roads, making making money. So
4: so I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be honest and transparent. This is—I know it's gonna be, you know, some flack for this. I personally don't like the fact that they are out there. But if we're not, if we're gonna say, get, you know. Get them off the street. Well, let's put them in. Let's
0: put them somewhere.
4: Let's put them in summer programs. Yeah, yeah. Let's give let's get them a job. You know, let's do something instead of just saying get them off the street. Let's have alternative. She
0: was saying, you know, for safety reasons, whatever. And I, I I do agree with that, right? Because it was you know these interstates and these exes you know, they're they're unsafe in Atlanta. But if you're going to say, hey, let's get these young guys out of the streets, put them somewhere, right? And this is why you have to start community centers. Right, mm-hmm. stop gentrifying these neighborhoods and put something in these neighborhoods that these people can benefit from. Yep. Not just gentrifying these neighborhoods and, and, and you're you're getting, you know what I'm saying, the back end of these contracts and stuff. But oh sorry. We have gotten so so off track. But so uh, off
3: track. But have- I mean it's still a part of the HBCU conversation. Oh, oh this is all
0: under the umbrella. This is all under the umbrella. Um hold on real quick. I'm sorry, guys. So, next question, man. Um, where are we? Oh, okay. What do you wish to do with your degrees upon graduation?
4: Mm. Um. So, for me personally, uh, I would love to go into the realm of finance and law. Um, work at a law firm, but also work at a financial institution and be able to bridge the gap between finance and law within the Black community. You know, we have a huge gap in the lack of diversity in those two areas, and you don't see a lot of Black people in those C-level positions that are the rosalind brewers of the world and really you know being those executives and the financial aspects, and we don't have you know partners at law firms that are blacks so are really trying to be able to bridge that gap but also being able to work in a political realm and maybe run for office one day so really still being able to deliver what i've been taught my whole life of being able to you know be uh, a symbol of diversity or be a symbol of uh, what you can achieve within these spaces um, and, you know, really bring black people into these spaces that, you know, bridge the wealth
0: gap. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I love that. I didn't know that you want to do finance as well. So you, you're looking for like a what, like a Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, something like that. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes. Financial analysts and um, investment banking and, and things like that.
0: Oh, so you do you still want to do big law, right? Of course. Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. So, Julian, let's let me go ahead and get my popcorn ready because I know you have a long, extensive
1: list.
0: <laughs> I'm dead. No, I I think um for me,
3: I don't necessarily know if my major fully impacted um what I wish to do. I've learned uh, quite a few things that I will take on with me. Um, but I, right now I'm in the nonprofit sector, and so. I'm looking at a master's program in nonprofit management and um, public administration. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I'm going to be in the nonprofit sector for a little while, um, but I, I do intend to run for office. Um, so, so right now I'm impacting my community through that sector because it gives, it gives me freedom to do what it is that I need to do for my community.
0: Right, right. Because you're in the nonprofit me. sector. So you have the, you got the liberty. Exactly. You know? I'm not
3: beholden to someone across the aisle that does not like me.
0: Right, right. And and, and a lot of times, just to piggyback off that, a lot of times when you um, are getting, you know, funded and sponsored by these different organizations, you have to kind of do things that aligns with what they want,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Because we're the ones that are funding you. So when you go into, and, and one of the things that I really admire about you, you, is that you make it happen. You know, what I'm saying with or without big name funders and big name sponsors because you're really impacting. I um, mean, engaging the community, if you will. And um, I mean, that's in that, that's very important. So I, I don't want to spoil anything, but you are. Aren't you getting ready to run soon?
3: <laughs> well, uh, first, I want to say thank you. I appreciate that. That you just said my guy. it's a lot of hard work that we're trying to do right now. Um, Will I be running for office? I will. Um, When will I do that? We will definitely see. I think it's going to be sooner than a lot of people expect. Um, But I don't think it's going to be like right now. I don't think it's going to be like right now. But I think it's going to be very soon. I think I'm uh, canvassing the land right now to see which position I would be most effective in. Um, And right now in Orange County, we have a lot of people shifting positions, people term limiting right now. Um, So there's so many different opportunities that are uh, opening themselves up. And so I'm just looking for what office that I could do the most for my community.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's major, man. That's major. And I mean, we we know that
4: um, Florida needs this your type of voice and we know that Florida needs a person like you because we've seen the type of leadership that. I mean, look at the governor right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's not even funny because he's such a asshole that it's like, can I, can I curse on your podcast, Malika? Like, uh,
0: I, I have a, a vast audience, so you kind of just kind of tone it down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I, I mean I have a, a, a large audience of people from various backgrounds. I just want to kind of keep it PG.
3: Yeah, yeah. So let let, let me let me keep it PG, you know, so you don't have to label the episode explicit. Yeah. But uh
0: um, now, now now when we hop back on yours, then we can Oh
3: it. yeah. Oh um, yeah. When we get on mine, you know, we go all in. The last yeah. podcast was Zachary Hidden and Julian O'Neill.
0: Absolutely. The
1: but um
3: shot. he he's he's the Embodiment of self interest as a governor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's following the footsteps of Rick Scott before him, mm-hmm. um, a failure to the state. Um, Rick Scott is in the United States Senate, as a failure to the United States now. Um, so I, I, it's me and the people around me that are really. Um, looking at the, the the land and seeing what it is that we, we can do. Uh, right now, I think I'm really good in the nonprofit sector. I enjoy the work that I'm doing. Uh, I'm impacting so many families right now that it's crazy. Um, and I just enjoy the work. I enjoy giving back to people. I enjoy positively impacting people's lives. You feel me? Um, so that's what it is for me at the end of the day. So my major... Help me learn things that I could use
4: Mm
3: -hmm. is what I will say.
4: I don't know. And I think, and you know, one thing about, you know, uh, you know, activism and things like that, you don't have to be in a elected office to create change.
0: Oh, absolutely not.
4: You can always create change in many different aspects, like Julian said in the nonprofit tech. We know what type of work you can do with that. Like you're already doing, helping families and helping, underprivileged youth. That's so important, and obviously we need
0: that more than ever now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and, I, and I wanted to ask you all this question. Um, it is not on the question, but I, I just it came to my mind when you, when we had got into Morehouse, right? We, of course, in our respective high schools, we were, you know, whatever we were, the cream of the crop, cream de la cream, whatever. But when you get to Morehouse, right, you are around a lot of Malachi's, you're around a lot of Jelani's, you're you're around a lot of Julian's, right? And it's like you are amongst other creams of the crop and you're no longer the big dog in a sense. You're now a big fish with other big fish in an even bigger pond. So how did you all, being that we're seniors, how did you all cope with that? And 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 how did you all leave your mark, your indelible marks on Morehouse, even when we've been around a lot of also big players?
3: So respectfully, I don't think there's anybody at Morehouse that is... Um, in my my ballpark, and I and I'm not saying that off of like, <laughs> any cocky stuff. Well, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys. Oh no! Uh, guys,
0: by all means, I'm a nobody compared to you. No,
3: you guys, I I view you guys as in my space, in my realm, um, because of the work that you do. But I, by no means, was impacted by the people who went to Morehouse because um, I'm in my own lane. Right, I'm in my own lane better than anybody else could be in my my lane. You feel me? So there, there's this this sense of I'm great that everybody is at the top of what they're doing. I'm happy that everybody is doing the best that they can. Right. I just think that nobody could do better than what I can do. And so I don't go there thinking about um, damn. How do I cope with? Um, so-and-so or so-and-so on the back of our bonner shirts that i'm wearing right now uh it's a quote that says do it so well that no man living no man dead and no man yet to
4: yeah, be, to
0: be born, born
3: will ever do it as best as you i you live like by that. mm-hmm that's on the back of this shirt i'm wearing mm-hmm. so i live by that so I, I I don't necessarily have to cope. I, I I love the idea that there are so many black men and people of color that are doing their best and and leading, boy. That's necessary. Absolutely, man. Uh, but me, I think I'm personally just on a, on a different spectrum. Um, so yeah.
0: What was yeah. the question, bro? <laughs> huh? What was the other part of the question? How Well, we, you, you actually kind of answered. I said, how did you cope with um, being around a lot of creams of the crop and leaving your indelible marks on the institution anyways?
3: Okay. So in terms of indelible marks, I can say that um, I helped reform, well, not reform, but I helped readjust the college judiciary committee. Um, that was a committee that it was very effective, but... I believe that it needed to be revitalized with a fresher thought process. So I joined the college judiciary committee um, and I kind of like spearheaded a new way of thinking in that space, Mm -hmm. um, which is in student conduct. Um, I've helped rebuild the education major at Morehouse College. Um, I helped lead to the renovations that happened in Hubert Hall and several of the other buildings. So I, I, which were
4: I
0: definitely liked, necessary, because Hubert was an atrocity. Oh yes, yes indeed, yes indeed. And you so, stayed in Hubert freshman year, right? No, I was in Dubois.
4: Bois. Oh no, he, he lived right next
0: to me.
3: Oh, yeah, no. I lived literally right next to Jelani. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, Um, but I believed in enhancing the living learning spaces for all students on campus. Not just those that lived where I lived, and so it was about bettering the living environment, the quality of the food, uh, which is still a hard thing to do because you know the quality of food, just quality of food, bro. I don't think there's much we're going to be able to do with that, <laughs> but Half you know, sucks. Like, yeah, the the living environments, the 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 educators, like. I've been able to be a part of those discussions and conversations that have um, left some positive impacts. So I think my mark uh, will be in the realm of those rebuilt programs and and the better in uh, you know workspaces and living spaces. So you know, and I don't care if I um receive recognition for any of that because
2: right. because it that,
0: it's about service man it's about service some of the things that <clears throat> i've done at morehouse I, I i will never speak about but i just know that my mark has been left it's been felt it and it, it's it been felt and it's going to be felt yeah. for literally years to come in the things that you know I, i've done so uh jelani answer the question do you want me to repeat it for you or you got it
4: um no i got it so You know i think one of the biggest things that when you come to morehouse and you realize that okay a lot of people were you know class valedictorian in high school a lot of people had the great GPAs in high school i'm around all of those people now you have to realize that you are still different in your own way that nobody is like you just because you guys are all black men you guys are each different in your own way and you have to be able to make a mark in your own way you don't have to follow the clicks or do what everyone else is doing And, you know, going back to your earlier point, when people come to Morehouse and Morehouse is all they have, you also have to realize that I'm here for four years. Um, I'm here to, you know, get a degree and move on and go on to the next thing. I'm not going to be stuck here, you know, saying that, oh, I'm, I'm an SGA. Oh, that I did this. I did that. Don't depend on your Morehouse stuff. You know, you have to do things after Morehouse. And the same thing goes for when, you know, you're in high school and you're going to Morehouse. Don't depend on that. Make a new mark at Morehouse. And then when you leave Morehouse and make another new mark, you have to really realize that each thing that you do and each space that you're in, you have to make a mark there and then keep it pushing and go on to the next thing.
3: Because it's going to stay there. It's going to stay there. It's, yeah, people might know you for it, but it's going to stay there. That's... People aren't going to really come to you in, in, in the real world and be like, you did this at
0: Morehouse. Nobody. And I was just getting ready to say that. And the reason why it's so important that you say make your mark wherever you go and keep it pushing is because when you are transitioning, right? When we came out of high school into Morehouse, it was a transition. OK, nobody cares that you were homecoming king. Nobody cares. You are a tour. Nobody cares. Da, da, da. We, we all are. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I was I was the king of my school. Right. And nobody cares. about oh. uh, you're right. No, no, nobody cares about that. Hey, welcome to another 2,000 of you, right? When you leave Morehouse, once again, whatever you've done in Morehouse, nobody's going to care, right? Mm-hmm. No, nobody's going to look at me and say, oh, hey, you were a three-time pillar. You were this, that, and the third. You were that. Nobody's going to care, man. Nobody's going to care. And people get so caught up in what they do inside the four walls that when they get outside of the four walls, that's why they have a hard time. because and a lot of them, are- them
4: fall flat on their face, unfortunately.
0: Right. Post-graduation depression is very real,
3: and you know some of those people, like like you and and Jelani said, you have to move on to the next thing. Some people are unable to do so, and so they talk about the things that they've done to open the doors because they can't do anything else.
0: Man, I, I I I follow some some brothers on Twitter that <clears throat> they have graduated. But literally, they are still talking about their days in Morehouse. Like, dude, let it go. Let it go. It's let been it go. over. It's over. Over. It's over. The game is over. Like, it's
3: good to reminisce. But, it's like, okay, but what if is- that's the only thing you could talk about, then
0: what are you doing in your present life? What are you doing in your present life? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Move forward, man. Move mm-hmm. forward. And that was just... Thank you guys for answering that. So our last question to wrap up this um, recording... What can you say to high school students that are in the college choosing process that has HBCUs on their list or do not have HBCUs on their list? What can you say to high school students?
4: Um, You know, one of the biggest things, especially high school students who are in a space where they're not with people that look like them. If an HBCU is on your list, go visit it. And now that we're in COVID, virtually visit it. Um, if you know alumni there, speak to the alumni If you know people who work at the school Speak to people at the school And to be honest,
0: go. 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 go go go, go, That's what I said too If if an HBCU is on your list Where the way that the world is shifting now If an HBCU is on your list, put it number one It, it, it needs to be number one And you need to go If you can go, go Julian, What what would you say to high school students? I would
3: say be true to yourself I would say make the selection that is best fit for you. And I believe that that's an HBCU, but if it's not, that is okay. It's but true. make the decision that is best for you. Um, and and while you're going through that process, think about yourself and where you want to see yourself in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then remember With everything that's going on while, you know, you're trying to find your way, Mm -hmm. excuse me, just be kind to yourself because it's going to get real hard when you start looking at the list of schools you got accepted to and you're trying to figure out where you're going to go. Be kind to yourself and make the best decision for you. Um, But if that means an HBCU, welcome on over to the the black kingdoms and of, of men and women
0: um and 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 just keep it pushing absolutely man absolutely and all of that is rich man And like i said these are spaces that you cannot find anywhere else And, and 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 they're so critical to someone as a black person because these spaces were meant for us right and These are the only spaces that you're gonna be in that you will be surrounded around people that look like you, that are all reaching the same goals, that are trying to make it, that are getting pushed and shaped and molded to go out and change the world. Because once you leave those four walls, you are now in the white means world. And you're now the minority, right? So when you can, if you can, be around people that look like you, where you're not the minority, right? So that you can have that communal aspect, right, of, of learning, of shaping and growing. One of the things that I love about Africa and African culture is it's communal. Everything is a communal effort. It's not, you know, one, you know, it's, it's a communal thing. And that's what I love about HBCUs is communal. There are so many different people. Also, rest in, uh, rest in peace to Dean Maurice Washington. It's so many different people that will shape you and help you grow, right, faculty, staff, and your colleagues, I had the opportunity to meet two great brothers, man, and Cam Gasson, who didn't get on, but you know, he's so, he's whatever. Um, You know, I had the opportunity to meet two great brothers in this and more brothers, you know, but in this season, in this process of my matriculation throughout Morehouse. And like Jelani said, when you get here, man, you will meet so many great people and you will do so many great things and you will live the best time of your life because it's meant for you as a black person to be here. I just, I believe that.
4: and and I and so you know I agree with all of that and going back to faculty and again rest in peace to Dean Maurice Washington who you know has impacted so many people at Morehouse and so many black men's lives you know you meet people again like Dean Booker or um or Winfield Murray and you know you meet these people who are able to impact your life and really able to give you advice mentorship or whatever you really don't get that at a PWI you don't you don't get that type of mentorship
0: and that type of help outside of the classroom. You're a number, you're number 534 and if we don't see you in your in your chair, you're marked absent, right? Whereas over in HBCU, if you're absent, some professors will call you. You know, I've gotten literally calls and texts from, "Hey, where are you at? Mm-hmm. Get, get up and come to class." You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you, you can't find that, man. You can't find that seriously.
3: Yeah, I'm in complete lockstep with that, guys. Y'all took the words right out of my mouth.
0: Yeah, man. And, you know, just to close out, do you all have anything to say on this topic or the topics that we got off track of or anything that you want to share to the audience, man?
3: Uh, I want to say thank you so much uh, for having me on the Root of the Matter podcast. I've been waiting for this moment my entire life um i want to be like you when i grow up bro and uh thank you so much for having me here it is such an honor the conversation was well needed um and i just want to tell people look if you're at hbcu now strive to do well don't let your hbcu define you but let it be a part of you
0: Mm, absolutely Um,
3: and if you're yet to have gotten to an hbcu you go through the school
0: don't let the school go through you absolutely and you'll succeed. Be strong. You will. And never forget your call. And your call is to better your community and better your people.
3: And and no. and always stay true to yourself.
0: Always. Don't 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 ever lose yourself. Please don't ever lose yourself. Because it, it we've had so many different you know what? Never mind I'm, I'm not even on
4: gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I'm gonna echo all the sentiments that Jillian said, you know, be true to yourself, you know, definitely you know and thank you for you know having me on here i've been waiting for this as well you know i've been calling and being like when, when am i going to be on that? i mean
0: you've had everyone else i mean no you know. i i i wanted to make a, a creative space that we can really have time to really talk and really just get in there yeah i was going through a lot of starting up motions but now i'm kind of rolling now and i want you guys to be on
4: of course and you know again you leave that space to better your community and to better us as a people and uh don't forget where you came from, and, and realize that you are in a space where it's molded for you, and it's made for people like you. And you have to come out of that space and and give back because when you're re- when you're trying to reach down and help someone, someone's helping you. You know, each one to each one. That's what we're here
0: for. Absolutely, and that and that's all it is, man. That's all it is. Thank you guys, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Root of the Matter podcast. I'm your host Malachi Walden. Make sure you subscribe to us um, on youtube root of the matter podcast follow us on facebook at the root of the matter and follow us on instagram at the root.podcast chime in let us know what you think and what topics you want to hear being discussed i'm your host malachi walden these are my special guests julian o'neill and jelani hips from morehouse college and this closes out our hbcu series man thank you guys so much see you soon